You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio. Your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. Well, you're very, very welcome. My name is Ahanu. And I'm on my own today. Usually I would be with my lovely Angel Rose. She'd be here beside me. And also we were expecting a guest today by the name of Michael Cook. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Michael Cook. And I'm going to actually use the opportunity to tell you what he does, even in his absence. Because what he does is an absolutely marvellous thing. He gathers a little group together of people to simply write. And the way he does it is he sets aside... 45 minutes and before you begin he actually gives you a prompt and he doesn't have the the prompt um, preconceived in other words he'll make them up just almost on the spur of the moment so that in the journey to the writing exercise class he's not getting an advantage and thinking up some story for himself so they're very impromptu and he just gives a little prompt 45 minutes and you use, you weave that prompt into your story. And you write about anything, whatever it might be. So it doesn't have to be, it could be fiction, non-fiction, true story, an event that happened in your life, whatever. It actually doesn't matter. The fact is that you use the time to really focus in on getting words on paper. And it removes this whole concept of writer's block and all of that. But it focuses the mind and it is an absolutely tremendous exercise. And I'm very, very grateful to Michael for that because I have to say that I'm so grateful. I feel that it has opened up a whole new world of possibilities in terms of creative writing for me. And I know it has done for others because other people in the group have written absolutely amazing stories, fabulously gripping stories. Some of them true, some of them fiction, but nonetheless gripping. And I have written my own book, as many of you know, called The Reincarnation of Columbus. And what that book was, was a true story from the death of my first son, Ryan, who we called Columbus, and the impact that it had on me as a man, and how I coped with all of that, and then how it turned my life around eventually. Took a long time, of course, But thankfully, during that period of time, I was actually writing down synchronicities and coincidences and and things that were bothering me, things that were going on in my head and unanswered questions like, why did he die and why me and why, what did I do to deserve this? And where is he now? And is this, is there an afterlife? And will he ever come back? Will he reincarnate? Does that kind of thing happen? Countless questions with no answers. But thankfully, I did take the time to write them down. And it was in that very writing that actually helped me to come to terms with a lot of what was going on with me as a man who supposedly wasn't supposed to cry. Men men don't cry. Real men don't cry, they say. That's the kind of attitude in the time period that I grew up in. Thankfully, all that's changing now. We do get a lot of men who are true to themselves and they do feel emotions. And more and more, we're finding they do actually attend spiritual events they they're willing to be uh, open emotionally in front of others and all of that kind of thing and many people are saying this is the sign of a real man but however that's a whole other story we're talking about writing and the writing really helped me to unfold the 
trauma and a difficulty and a sadness that was being buried inside me. And thankfully, I did write it down. So I want to encourage you to do the same thing. We believe that there's a story inside everybody. And I want to give you an idea of how this actually works because Michael has this little group. He gives his little prompt. He sets his little alarm for 45 minutes and then everybody reads their story. You can read it, of course. You don't have to read it if you don't want, but everybody does because we all find it so beneficial to listen to the amazing creativity that comes out of people in those little circumstances. So I want to tell you, uh, maybe, will I, will, I read, will I read one of my own stories for you? Maybe I'll read a couple. So stand by and have a listen to this. And it starts off and it's called My Ways of Escape. The red road sign said stop but I was not in a position or the mindset to obey anything so trivial. Having left the bank in a hurry, my ways of escape in that moment were quickly diminishing, but I was also of the belief that I was divinely guided and that something, anything, would show up to show me I was doing the right thing and the stop sign was not it. On the right of the crossroads was a police car, on the left a fire engine, both waiting patiently for me to also be the model citizen and comply with the rules of the road. But they were not my rules. This was not my game. I had crash-landed three weeks earlier on this strange planet of rules and regulations and laws that seemed to serve some of the human inhabitants and not the others. I adopted the customs and learned the language quickly so as to fit in and not to attract attention. In learning how money worked, I had mistakenly attracted the attention of the bank teller by simply asking, how do I print this stuff? And she, in her wisdom, decided to press a red button that triggered an alarm that in its pitch and loudness sent me back to the moments before my murkcraft impacted the denseness of earth. Reliving the panic of the crash, I ran in my newly acquired human form to a waiting four-wheeled transport mechanism in an attempt to avoid capture and interrogation. I found myself now speeding through the intersection, feeling relief that my ways of escape had opened up to me and that I would not have to divulge the secrets of intergalactic space travel to anyone, when suddenly I heard the growling, gro growing wail of both the police car and the fire engine with red and blue flashing lights catching up fast behind me. Wake up, wake up, the officer said, pushing me on the chest and blinding me with his flashlight. Wake up, wake up and see what I got, he insisted. Dazed and confused and blinded by the light, I tried to focus my eyes on the police officer who somehow morphed into my three-year-old son, jumping up and down on my chest. Wake up, Dad, wake up, and see my Mimo and what Santa got me. He got me a police car and a fire engine for Christmas. So there you go. <laughs> I find it very, very interesting how something in the small space of time that you give to people and with the lead, like in that case, uh, My Ways of Escape, how in that 45 minutes you're able to actually condense all kinds of wild thoughts into some kind of a structure that makes sense. Uh, 
And I think it's the limitation of the time that actually, in a way, moves you or forces you in some way to to be creative and condense your thoughts into something that makes sense. In other words, you have to create a beginning, a middle and an end, and you don't do that consciously, but you do it just by writing. And I think it's a marvelous thing, absolutely marvelous. Would you like another one? Well, the prompt for this story is called, I have too much to lose. So we had to go and invent a story in 45 minutes using that that little concept. And not only that, but uh, it was also necessary for us to use a character whose name was given to us. And in my case, the character's name was Sullivan. Sullivan sat in his rocking chair, watching the finches flitter among the branches of the hazel tree at the end of his suburban home. The bird seed he laid out in the trap earlier was from a pre-war batch that reeked of oil and smoke from being stored too long in the dark trunk of his Oldsmobile. He wondered if the birds would take the bait and if they would die from it before he got them to the bird auction in the football field behind the church. Finches always fetched a good price in the local market and he always felt justified in proving the old maxim that he was killing two birds with one stone. Lately, his war wound was preventing him from sleeping and having the noisy finches gone from his backyard would allow him to get what extra sleep he could in the brighter mornings. The light glistened off the brightly coloured tail feathers caught his eye as the finch hopped its way along the branches of the hazel, onto his white picket fence and down to the edge of the trap. It looked about, constantly watching for predators, and just as his prized victim was about to enter the homemade trap, Sullivan's keen eye caught the slightest movement of his neighbour's cat lurking in the long, unkept grass near the trash heap at the bottom of the garden. Go in, quick, he mentally urged the unsuspecting bird. Go in, because I need the money from you for my granddaughter's twelfth birthday. The cat slipped forward, silently, almost imperceptibly, as Sullivan's sweaty fingers engaged the trip cord ready to release the trap on the unsuspecting bird. The bird, seeing the movement of both Cat and Sullivan, darted to escape, but in its panic flew straight into the wire trap. Sullivan pulled the string and delighted at his first catch of the season. Yet, at the same time, he felt the unease of his action. Lately, he had been feeling that his whole life was spent at the expense of others, always exploiting their vulnerabilities. He felt an old resurging cowardice in his belly. But as before, he quickly dismissed it and thought only of the delight of his granddaughter when she received the birthday money. I have too much to lose, he thought. I can't get sentimental in my old age. This is the way life has always been and always will be. Not knowing or caring where he got the money, Sullivan's granddaughter ran ahead of him with delight to the summer market 
where he would spend where she would spend her birthday money. Seeing a caged bird for sale, she turned to her grandfather with tears in her eyes. How could someone keep a bird in a cage like that? she sobbed. The old man recognised the bird. It was the same finch he had caught earlier in the week. Come, my dear, he said, let's find something else to buy with your money. No, no, she pleaded. I must have this bird. I will buy him with my birthday money and release him. The old man felt panic, almost the same panic he had felt when facing the enemy during the war. His comrades had died displaying courage, yet he knew that courage and selflessness was what was called for in this moment. Okay, he agreed, let's buy him. But we won't release him in my yard. Oh yes, we must, she pleaded, her eyes wide open with delight and love for both the bird and her grandfather. Okay, he said to himself, again, I have too much to lose by not being kind and generous. At the bottom of the garden, Sullivan watched his granddaughter open the cage and felt for the first time since the war and the birth of his granddaughter the absolute delight and glee of real freedom. So now, <laughs> that's what comes out of these little writing exercises. Someday, perhaps we may even publish a book of short stories or something like that. But that's all it takes was 45 minutes 45 minutes of just focusing on one little prompt and just letting it rip. Now we do have to take a quick little studio break here, but I want to remind you that after you listen to our programs and this one today, please do leave a rating and a review on iTunes because your feedback encourages others and helps to share truth in this great time of change. We see the Honest to God series podcasts as our mission and our movement. So the more people that get to hear our show and the, the, the more of a difference really that we can make in the world and you will be helping by spreading the word. So how it works really is that the more people who subscribe to us on iTunes and the likes and give us five star reviews means the higher rating on iTunes and the more folks will listen. So please do. And if you have an iPhone, you can listen on iTunes, and if you have an Android or Windows or other thing like that, listen on Stitcher Radio. But you can also get it on the honestogodseries.com, or indeed you'll find the link on our website at worldofempowerment.com. So let's take a quick studio break. We'll be right back after this. People are demanding answers, and you're probably one of them. Have you ever asked yourself, who am I? Or why am I here? Ever wanted to know, was Jesus married? Do I have bad karma? Do plants or animals have souls? Are ETs real? Are we in end times? Do we really choose our parents? Is suicide forgiven? This is your invitation and your opportunity to ask Source your questions. My name is Ahanu, and on behalf of Angel Rose and the World of Empowerment team, I'd like to invite you 
and welcome you to these unique sessions called Answers from the Akashic Records. We've all been watching the increasing pace of climate change, the waves of electromagnetic energy coming from the sun and the cosmos, the rumors of impending financial collapse, the new laws mandating vaccinations, growing health concerns, and much more. This is why we hold the free series of Answers from the Akashic Records, so that you can have the answers to all these issues and more. On the first Sunday of every month, Angel Rose and I present the much sought after Akashic Records online group sessions. In the past, people used these sessions to ask questions about angels, archangels, ascended masters, Atlantis and Lemuria, autism, vaccinations, GMOs, chemtrails, banking, money, wealth, poverty, abundance, evolution, God, Jesus, the Bible, the Vatican, indigo children, rainbow children, life, death, reincarnation, luck, karma, prophecy and predictions, the one world order, conspiracy theories, war, crime, punishment, evil, consciousness, ascension, and much, much more. Now we invite you to ask your questions too and get answers that come from the deepest truths within all of us. Cosmic and universal answers, as opposed to those kinds of answers that we get on a superficial level through TV, newspapers, and general media reporting. These are big answers to big questions about life after death, healing, religion, science, relationships, soul contracts, world economies, and countless other topics all downstepped from source through the Akashic Records. Angel Rose has appeared on countless radio shows, including East Coast Radio with George Nuri, and those sessions became the basis of her books in the 10-book Honest to God series called A Time of Change, which is available from atimeofchange.info. And The Nature of Reality is available from thenatureofreality.info. So if you need answers to these big questions, look no further. You're in the right place. The field of the Akashic Records is unlimited in what it can reveal. It contains the history of all creation and all that is within it. It is a vast library in spirit which has recorded every detail of our lives down to the minutest detail. That means you are in it and all your loved ones. Through accessing the Akashic Records, you will find who you are and why you are here. You will understand your highest gifts, your abilities and your career. You will understand your relationships and explain all the circumstances in your life. But remember, this is a group session, not for personal consultations. There are no personal questions asked in the group sessions. Personal questions are reserved for private readings, which you can get from angelrose.com. In the group sessions, you ask bigger questions about God, the universe, healing, the world, suffering, science, religion, humanity, etc. And these sessions are filled with knowledge and enlightenment, allowing us all to grow in awareness in leaps and bounds. And to date, we've collected thousands of hours of audio, video, and transcripts from these sessions. And if you want, you can purchase the past Akashic Record sessions in the archives by simply becoming a member of the World of Empowerment website at worldofempowerment.com. 
members get thousands of profundities, ebooks, and meditations. Or you can listen live on the first Sunday of every month at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Simply register free right here. We appreciate you being here and participating. We look forward to seeing you on the inside. Blessings from myself, Ahanu, and from Angel Rose. And thank you for being with us. We're back again now. My name is Ahanu, and we're speaking about writing and the benefits of writing. And if you wish to sponsor an episode of the Honest to God series, or indeed the full series, do please contact us. You'll get us at 224-588-8026, or you can find us on angelrose.com, ahanu.com, or worldofempowerment.com. Remember that we have a group Akashic Records online on the first Sunday of every month at 10 a.m. Pacific time. You'll find information on worldofempowerment.com. But please remember that next week, it could be you. We'd love to have you on telling your story and discussing your spiritual breakthroughs or your own book or your, your business or whatever. We believe everybody has a story and we want you to tell us and tell our audience. Would you like another one? <laughs> Here we go with the third and last story. I'm not telling you any more of these. This one's called barefoot and naked and something moved. That was the prompt that Michael gave us. So what was I going to do with that? It's a long way to Tipperary, the bus driver said as the four of us stepped onto the rural bus that would take us home from our adventure into what for us was the wilderness of the famous Golden Vale. At four years old, I was the youngest of our self-formed adventure club, four intrepid young seekers of excitement, eager to be away from adult supervision and the rules and restrictions of adult power and control. Matt the Thrasher, who at 10 years old was the oldest of our motley crew, assumed the role of leader, with Dribbles aged eight being the two I see, and Spud at six with no responsibility except to not get continually lost. What happened to you? The bus driver exclaimed as we dragged ourselves onto the local bus that would take us back to what we considered civilization. Matt the Thrasher, being the most coherent of us all, assumed the right to answer, and in the time it took to pay the driver, he had blurted out the whole story. We were swimming in the river that was fed by the many cold streams that ran down from the Galti Mountains into the lush green valley. All four of us, barefoot and naked, our skinny boy bodies shivering in the icy cold darkness of the Scalaheen River, which in English was known as the Eel River. Suddenly, as if we were all focused on the same dark pool of water in the river, something moved. To our right, the swirl of long black slippery eels rotated and gyrated, slippering and slithering over each other like a greased ball of yarn. Barefoot in the soft mud, I felt the first bite on my big toe. Matt the Thrasher lived up to his name, thrashing about as a long black eel clung to his willy. Spud screamed and then went underwater with two eels attached to his fingertips. Matt the Thrasher took the opportunity to embellish the story with the eels being six foot long with devilish eyes. They were like small Loch Ness monsters, he told the driver. I had never heard of the Loch Ness Monster, but it was a suitable time for me to pitch in and embarrass Matt 
by saying, yeah, and they nearly bit his willy off. The whole bus left, and we began to realise this might not be the kind of adventure we would want to tell anybody else about, least of all our parents. So, to protect Matt the Trasher's young manhood, we vowed each other to silence. Our bruised egos recovered slowly over the following days, until we were frog-marched into Matt the Trasher's kitchen by his scowling father, who had a rolled-up newspaper in his hand, held aloft in a threatening manner. What's this, he yelled, slapping the newspaper down on the kitchen table. Unbeknownst to us, there had been a reporter from the local newspaper on the bus who had taken down every detail of our story, and his headlines in the weekend edition read, Barefoot and Naked, Something Moved, The Eels of Scalaheen. Now, that's all I've got for you today. <laughs> I think it's enough to be going on with. But I'd certainly recommend, absolutely recommend, take a little bit of time, limit yourself with the time, write down as much as you can in that space of time. Ideally, give yourself a, tr- a little prompt, just like Michael suggested that we do, so that you're not stuck with this old thing about writer's cramp. People say there is such a thing. Other people say there's absolutely not because there's so much to write about all the time. And I strongly suggest you do take some prompt, give yourself a little bit of time, start writing, because you never know what will come out. That's all for us for today. Stay well and warm and look after yourselves. We'll be back again next week. You have been listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world.